Welcome to episode three of Needle in a Haystack. This one is uh, less explaining of how the structure of politics and social science works. It's actually, uh, I'm going to be talking about just the unnecessary hysteria that is brought by the Western corrupt fake news media. And when I say the Western corrupt fake news media, I mean every single cable channel of television in the Western Hemisphere, whether it's a French-speaking one in the northern part of Canada or a Spanish-speaking one in the southern, the most southern part of South America, or your typical everyday English one on your TV screen. And why do I call them that? Um, they all kind of have the same owners. They sadly work on an agenda, the same agenda. And even though they might at times, uh, one tries obviously to appear different than the other, you know, it's just a puppet show. And the key to that, um, Seeing that puppet show is you basically give them a litmus test, which is uh, mention Russia. And you will see that each and every single one of those quote unquote different channels line up equally uh, vocally speaking out against Russia, no matter if it's conservative, li liberal, uh, libertarian, whatever they claim to be, if you mention Russia and they're part of the Western Crawford news media, they're going to get angry. So, um, and they're very, very predictable. Basically, um, to make the phrase short, you know, any Western cable news network is basically that media, fake news media. So, we all remember the 2020 election and how troublesome it was and it still is it's still dragging to some extent so when January turned around uh, Georgia governor Brian Kemp passed a it was one package but it had a few different things that were new that would uh, keep uh, the next voting process more secure and that's I'll explain it to you in a nutshell because I basically said more secure obviously that's my opinion but I'll say what it really does here in a second but before I do the predictable voice of the Western graphic news media instantly before he even stroked the first uh, that of the pen of that paper said this guy is writing a Jim Crow law 2.0. He is going to enslave everybody. He's going to uh, disavow black and Mexican voters, Latino voters. And quite frankly, we all know that's not true. And at the same time, sadly, there's a small minority of people that believe it because 
I was like that, you know, I thought everybody spoke what they believed. Apparently that's not the case. Apparently it's just a few of us that think that and we're wrong, but it's sad that there's so much uh, deception. And the problem with deception is that if they repeat it a thousand times, eventually it gets uh, stigmatized and you believe, you end up believing it. So next time you see Brian Kemp, your mind, your brain might say, oh, there's the guy that passed Jim Crow, even though that's not at all the truth. So why did Brian Kemp uh, pass? He passed this, um, you know, package of things, but what it did is it required that the mail-in ballot that people mail actually had a signature matching the one of the person that supposedly is claiming it and mailing it because last time it was that was such a mess i mean you can go back and see who really sent what i here in smyrna georgia got like four different paper ballots that i could have easily just sent in and not just me but then let's say that I drop them on the street and somebody picks them up and mails them. Who's going to say, no, it was not Moss. It was, it was some guy. Nobody's going to say that. They're going to say that I voted three times. So in a way, you know, he's making that more secure. He's preventing that by having a one matching signature. If you, um, you also have to include your Georgia ID number on it. That really, really proves that it is you mailing it because let's say that I drop my three democratically mailed uh, ballots, paper ballots that I received. And let's say that Joe Arpaio, I'm just making up names, picks them up and he wants to send them in to vote for Biden. So he fills them out, except this time he's not going to be able to do it. Let's assume he did it last time because there was no Georgia ID number required. He's not able to do it this time because he doesn't have my Georgia ID number. So that's more secure. That has nothing to do with Jim Crow that has nothing to do with uh, race. If anything is protecting um, everybody's and obviously the black community's vote and the Latino vote, because I feel like we are more prone to getting our, uh, our paper ballots stolen than let's say John Smith who lives in uh, 614, Main Street, Buckhead, you know, that would probably be very noticeable. So if anything, uh, his voter protection law actually secures minorities. And it really secures everybody, but I'm saying that John Smith, who lives in 614 Main Street, Buckhead, you know, it's going to be very hard for somebody to just mail that in and people not notice it rather than if you send J Moss or Mary Johnson, you know, more common names. Anyhow, um,
So they accused him of that and that was not the case, but it was very predictable. And the one last thing is like, so what are they trying to prevent? They obviously know he's not writing no Jim Crow. If somebody wrote Jim Crow laws in this day and age, they would get immediately um, extradited to Saudi Arabia or who knows where, maybe the moon they're talking about, that the moon has uh, living things now, supposedly. But you know what I'm saying. If somebody was to really write a purposely racist law, they would be, be put out of society in a heartbeat. And that's a good thing. But on that same breath, we know that's not what he wrote. They're just exaggerating. The only question left is why are they bothered? They, uh, Joe Biden, the camel, the Democrats, why are they bothered by it? I mean, unless they just want anybody to fill out everybody's ballots multiple times. That's the end. Thanks for listening.